0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast.
1: Welcome to the Size Business Breakfast podcast. The best bits from the show on Tuesday the 27th of February. Coming up, we're going to be hearing from the team down at Expo City Dubai, Manal al-Bayat is the Chief Engagement and Commercial Officer. We were talking to Manal about the three pillars of Expo City Dubai, live, work and play, and how you can use each and every one of those pillars and make them into people-centric offerings uh interesting findings from manal and the rest of the team at down at expo city dubai which incidentally is our home under the dome over the course of the next week so uh, keep tuned for our live broadcast every single morning also caught up with the md and the board member of union properties this off the back of a surge in the share price for Union Properties. That came on the back of uh, the selling of a plot of land in Motor City. So Union Properties, well invested into Motor City and elsewhere. It is, of course, a brand, a company that has been through many things in recent years. But engineer Ama Kansaheb, the current managing director and board mem- member, very quick to point out that things have changed and they are moving forward on a number of uh, fronts and, of course, on a number of deals. Gary Dugan, Chief Investment Officer for Dalma Capital, uh, he was on hand uh, to talk all things investment, and on rather a fitting morning as well. Got news of another IPO coming through first thing this morning. Parking is going to the people, so we will, of course. Uh, so we got the thoughts of Gary on that and other big investment stories doing the rounds at the moment, and more so than the granola versus the magnificent seven story which has been developing in recent times and just back to that IPO story uh, our OPO go-to is Samir Lakani, the managing director of global capital partners he was also on hand to give us his thoughts on where he thought the parking IPO might be headed that's all coming right here on the bite Size business breakfast podcast
2: Where, if you are watching us on television you'll see that the sun is up and we are indeed sitting here in the spectacular Gorgeous. dome we are going to cross live now to have a look at some news that has broken this morning and that is the parkin ipo uh, hotly awaited the latest from the rta garage um, has been announced the ads are in the papers we are joined by the veteran investor um, of global capital partners samir lakani samir good morning thanks for joining us
3: Good morning thank you
2: okay so hugely awaited following Salic and the taxis the Parkin IPO given what we've seen for the other two RTA spin-offs what would you expect to see in subscription for this one
3: uh, no surprise I think it's going to be record subscriptions uh, especially given the performance of uh, Salic and the taxi uh, yeah, I think it's probably going to be subscribed within the first hour itself. Uh, at this stage of the IPO process, I think that's of no surprise. Investors know that uh, the interest is very strong and it's more about the issuer handpicking their investors rather than a question of investor appetite.
2: OK, so speaking of handpicking those investors, what do we know about who's going to be underpinning this IPO?
3: Well, we have retail investors being allocated a tranche of, uh, of 10% out, out of a total of 24.99% that is being offloaded. Uh, so the bulk of it is still going to institutional investors. Uh, retail investors have, uh, you know, come up in groves in, in, in past IPOs. That is expected to continue given the strong earnings growth that parking has announced uh, in their subscription memorandum today, uh, they'll be keeping a close eye on what the share price valuations are, which is expected to be announced on the first day of the offer period, which is on the 5th of March. Uh, and, of course, the dividend policy. But all indications uh, seem to be pointing towards record subscriptions.
2: What do you make of that 10% allocation for retail investors? Because we have seen the amount um, given to retail investors and the amount of interest from retail investors rising with with each IPO.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, look, for for secondary market activity, for there to be broader uh, depth in the secondary markets, you need the retail investor uh, for any capital markets to mature. Uh, one of the things that uh, that the parking has announced, uh, which is increasingly becoming the norm, is the is the fact that there's going to be a market stabilizer, in other words, a market maker. In this case, it's X Cube. Uh, so that's uh, so that's another healthy sign. But the increasing amounts of uh, allocations being given to retail investors is a sign that there is that there is appetite and uh it's not only in the primary markets it's it's coming into the secondary markets as well
2: Well, Richard Dean's heading down to the press conference uh, for this announcement at 9.30 this morning. We're going to get more details there, I'm sure, the prospectus and and details of what the plans are for Parkin to grow its revenues going forward. We have an interesting situation already, though, in that Salic is moving into the parking space in malls. Do you see the two competing?
3: I don't know about competition, but I do know that from what parking has announced, that they're currently operating about 185,000 spots there are 392,000 spots which they are not operating and their focus will be to convert a part of that into parking uh, into paid parking along with other other initiatives uh, that they have announced of course the overall arching the overarching theme is the population growth that they're looking at but they have mentioned entering into agreements with uh, developers, real estate developers, uh, other other operators. I think I I think there will be a demarcation, but yes, parking's portfolio is expected to increase significantly in in the coming years.
4: One of the
2: things that I'm really interested to see in the small print of the initial legal announcement this morning, Samar, and it is very, very, very small print, is that one of the banks listed for subscriptions is Weo Bank, the digital bank. What does that tell us about who they expect their retail market to be and how that's shifting?
3: If you go back and look at parking itself uh, before you even go back to Dubai, Parking was one of the first, I think, to announce paid parking through SMS features. I think they were the first in the world, I believe. Other digitalization methods that they have uh, pioneered throughout the Middle East and uh, in other parts of the world, which is now only being picked up in some parts of the US, is uh, indicative of you know, the company, the city's push towards digitalization. And it reflects a new type of investor ma- mindset that, uh, that, you know, everybody wants everything to be digital and they're tapping into that.
2: Could it suggest a younger subscriber, a younger audience?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Without a doubt. And uh, e- e- even, even with uh, some of the other initial uh, offerings uh, that have come out, the secondary market activity has indicated a pickup from the younger investor. And I think that's what they're pushing for right now as well.
4: We've got
2: one minute left with you, Summer. In general, we were speaking yesterday to property experts and economists about the UAE coming off the grey list and what that could mean for investment coming into the country. Could it mean we see more international, institutional investment coming into our IPOs?
3: Without a doubt. Uh, I think unlike the property markets, uh, capital markets are more a beneficiary of uh, UAE's removal from the FATF list. I think you're going to see uh, more activity, not only in the primary markets, but also in the secondary markets. The floor is expected to rise. That was one of the things that institutional investors had earlier expressed at least some concern about. But it was a given that the UAE was going to uh, exit, and that is reflected in the the, the performance of the capital markets uh, in, the last, in the last six months, in the last year, and is expected to for the year ahead.
2: Samir Lakhani, the boss of Global Capital Partners, speaking to us this morning uh, about that news that broke as we were sitting down to start this show, the fact that we do have a Parkin IPO.
0: This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on Dubaii1038.com.
2: We're all about the IPOs and the earnings at the moment on the Business Breakfast. As Richard mentioned, Parkin is our big story of the morning. And maybe we need to come up with a local acronym uh, for some of our biggest caps, because there is a new acronym in town. European stocks currently being propelled to record highs by the granolas. And I want to get this right GSK, Roche, ASML, Nestle, Novartis, uh, Nova L'Oreal L'Oreal, LVMH, AstraZeneca, SAP, and Sanofi. Are we a bit over acronymed? We're joined now by Gary Dugan. He's the Chief Investment Officer of Delma Capital. Gary, good morning. Good morning. I mean, it's clever. The granolas fit together nicely. Is it a convenient acronym or is this group somehow indicative of what's happening in the European economy?
5: I think it is. I mean, if you look at um, well, retail investors at the moment are trying to find something other than tech to invest in. And, uh, you know, I think we've seen this granola thing created and it's created out of some foundation, I think. You know the the opportunity in Europe is amongst their leading global leading stocks, and many of those are healthcare. Some of them are tech, and that really kind of and food and and luxury goods, and that combines a lot of these things together in that acronym. But I think it it at least has some validation.
2: Well, it's interesting you mentioned the tech because both the Fang stocks and the Magnificent Seven very 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 tech heavy. But as you mentioned here, this is more diverse. If you take out the, the luxury goods. It's very strong on the drug and the healthcare. Though, is that too narrow?
5: I don't think so. I mean, I think it's just in terms of the opportunities uh, around the globe at the moment. You look at that healthcare sector, which was one of the huge growth sectors in the past. I mean, I cover this sector back in the 80s where it was the only sector you wanted to buy. And we seem to have had this lull where we've had that, not had the same big drug launches, the big noise, that clearly the tech industry has been able to achieve. So I think it is a time to be looking back to the, what are growth stocks and have been largely ignored.
2: Uh, are the growth stocks here though largely on the back of well, what we we'll call anti-growth, the anti-obesity drugs coming out from the likes of Novanortis?
5: Well, you need the old blo- <laughs> you know, the old blockbuster in order to get excitement in the sector. But to be fair to these companies, they've remained committed to their you know c- committed to the research in their pipeline. I think it goes beyond one stock. It may just be that we don't have so many blockbusters in the future, but we still have good growth.
2: Well, Here's the reason that we're talking particularly about these acronyms and these groupings at the the moment. I mean, this group, the granolas, is up to 50% of gains in some indices. Is there a danger when we see growth consolidated like this, when we see a narrow rally?
5: Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think there's almost a suggestion that just because something is up as powerful as this, then everything's okay. It isn't okay. I mean, one example is that the U.S. economy is judged by economists to be only growing at one and a half percent per annum into the future. And therefore, the only place to go to is growth. But it can sometimes just have a very narrow focus.
2: But At the same time, we've got Goldman Sachs just for the second time reviewing its outlook for the S&P already this year. What's the number? Uh, 5,200, they are saying. Partly that's on the back of better profit expectations for some of these tech stocks.
5: It is. I mean, there has been a good foundation to the tech rally. In the past, there were some sales, hardly any profits. Now we've got good profits, and some of these PE multiples of the leading stocks are recognizable in the kind of 30s, which is not so high for companies that are growing up 30, 40, 50% per annum.
2: How long do these companies stay relevant? I'm asking this because we've already got questions about the Magnificent Seven. Mm. The analyst who coined the term is already saying, It's done. It's over. It's too diverse, largely because Tesla hasn't lived up to the others. Some are calling it the magnificent six. uh, Keith Fitzgerald this morning suggesting a magnificent two.
5: (laughs) Yes, you shouldn't get carried away just because they're sitting inside these basket does not mean that they're great stocks. And Tesla is a very good example. But even Meta, um, you know, the old Facebook that had a terrible time a couple of years ago and it's had its recovery. So it doesn't mean that it's just a one way bet and a one way win.
2: OK, well, let's look at the, the danger of size. If we take the, the indices and the groups themselves, uh, some analysts saying at the moment that passive investing, ETFs, if, if you like, by the market, um, is partly to blame for the, the rise in these big cap mega stocks, but could also be the, the first to suffer when they fall.
5: Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, if you go back to 20 or 30 years ago, the markets used to be dominated by institutional investors who were doing their stock picking, choosing the very best companies. And now we're getting carried away with acronyms that give us these kind of quick hits, quick profits. And that's not healthy either, so I'd like to see us in a much more balanced way. We're not going (laughs) to happen though, so it is going to be acronyms, but be very, very careful about just buying a kind of theme that everyone keeps talking about because you'll be the last guy in the door and you'll be the first person to lose some money.
2: What's the danger that comes with mega caps in general? If we take NVIDIA, for example, pumped up to a, a $2 trillion valuation last week, is there anywhere for, for the company to go from there that 's not going to be slightly disappointing for shareholders?:
5: I think there 's still a good momentum to AI and the Nvidia 's position, but you know a narrow focus on one industry you only need a change of president in the United States with a change of policy in order to bring about something that just hits the sector that you didn 't see coming. And, you know, if you look back to what happened in China, the leading stocks for a long period of time there were the tech and all of a sudden the government changed its mind overnight about some of the regulations around tech and those stocks fell by 50 percent. So be very wary about a narrow investment portfolio. It may look great from day to day at the moment, but, you know, in a few months time with a change of direction of something, you could be nursing some significant losses.
2: Okay, well, let's look at the, uh, NVIDIA and AI in general. We've had Damian, uh, Jamie Diamond coming out in the last 24 hours, a man who's never short of an opinion, saying AI is the real deal. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we've got questions about how long NVIDIA can keep its spot, partly because of competition, including from its own customers.
5: Absolutely. And if you look at Nvidia's position at the moment, you hear statistics like dominating their industry by taking 80% of all incremental sales. Now, that can't continue. But the underlying growth of AI will mean that even if their market share drops dramatically, they could still be showing some very, very significant profits growth. But yes, Nvidia is probably at that best time when the returns are so crazy, they can't be repeated.
2: We've got the and IPO that has been announced this morning. How far off are we from that same kind of acronym creating excitement in, in this market?
5: I think we're a little way away from it because we just don't have the breadth of companies at the moment. But it's, you know, the, the, the thing about, <laughs> about marketing good ideas to clients at the moment in this industry, dominated by retail, you've got to get the excitement going. So people do come out with these headlines of acronyms that kind of give people a sense, well, oh, I, I just know the acronym, and therefore end up with a a basket of stocks i would say there's one positive that people are not just focused on one single stock that they put their whole wealth into and it is spread across a number of of companies but it is still only one industry so be careful
2: Uh, gary dugan who is the chief investment officer at dalma capital speaking to us this morning um, about the rise of a new acronym coming out of europe uh the possible <laughs> death of an old acronym, the Magnificent Seven, shedding some members.
0: Investments go up and investments go down. Before putting your hard-earned money into any investment, Dubai I 103.8 advises you to always do your own background research. Ensure you're informed to navigate the market and any potential pitfalls. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast.
6: Uh, let's dive into Union Properties. The Managing Director and Board Member is Engineer Amar Khansaheb and he joins us now live. Good morning, Amar. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. So can we start with the new news over the past 24 hours? The sale of land of 500 million dirhams. We've had the announcement on the stock exchange. What can you tell us about this plot of land? What is it you've sold? Who you've sold it to? What's the story behind it?
7: Uh, well, I'd it's, say it's multiple plots and multiple deals. It follows our Uh, settlement uh, on on, uh, amending the uh, master community of Motor City. Obviously, the real estate market is booming. Uh, It's been booming for a couple of years and it it shows that we've done the right thing to modify the master plan to suit the market needs and following that uh, that deal, we managed to sell uh, over 500 million uh, worth of uh, land. Uh, And we have a lot more offers on the table that we are currently reviewing.
6: So this is, as I understand it, mainly your land bank in the Motor City area of Dubai. Is that correct? And if so, can you paint a picture of where these plots of land are and what they're going to be used for? Because you had another announcement about a week or two ago on the stock exchange saying there was going to be some redesignation of the purpose of that land.
7: Yes, so uh, this follows that uh, in sequence, right? So we readjusted the uh, master community to be more in line with the, with the demand and the market. So uh, a lot of the plots have been changed to residential, and this is where the demand currently is. And we've seen uh, a lot of demand on them. We uh, we started the year, or we started two years back when we started to cover uh, the management of the company. The company had over 17 million square foot of GFA in Motor City. We've put a recovery plan to sell part of it, uh, raise funds, uh, settle our debts and uh, revamp the capital structure of the company. And this is in line with our strategy. As we announced, we are going to retain almost 10 million square feet of GFA for self-development for UP over the next uh, few years. And the rest will be sold. Uh, In terms of repurposing some of this land, what are we talking
6: about? Repurposing from what to what?
7: It's multiple changes, right? So we've had a uh, repurpose from the uh, uh, from offices to residential. Uh, we repurposed a huge land that was designated as a recreational and theme park to multi-use. But uh, in general, it is creating more residential areas. And more green and open space areas in the community.
6: What about the future? A lot of people asking about the the racetrack up at Motor City. It, it gives the area its name. Is that going to stay, or could that be repurposed?
7: That is part of a uh, of the initial deal uh, that the Union Properties had uh, when the land was granted to it. Right. So it, uh, this is a precondition that came. Uh, with the whole land given uh, to union properties, so for now it's staying. For, for now it's staying. Could that change in the future? Everything's possible in the future, right? We at the moment we have no plans to change it, but everything's possible in the future. Amma, can you tell me a little bit about the
6: context of these deals? You've talked about a turnaround strategy extensively in your statements. You there mentioned the recovery plan. For those people perhaps who are new to Dubai, and there are many of them who are listening today because the population is growing. Can you just tell us a bit about the backstory to Union Properties and and why you came in and your team a couple of years ago for this
7: turnaround? Well, Union Properties is, is the uh, first uh, publicly listed real estate uh, development company uh, in Dubai. It's been publicly listed for almost 31 years, so it's uh, the oldest. It has a proud heritage uh, and legacy uh, in Dubai. It was one of the uh, biggest developers. Uh, it went through unfortunate times um, since the uh, 2009 uh, global uh, liquidity crunch, uh, and it's, it's been working its way out. And um, in 2021, it had a unfortunate uh, uh, incident where there was a board change. Uh, and we came in to uh, steer the company back to profitability and to growth and so what's it going to
6: look like in terms of union Properties' own development up at motor city i used to live there 10 11 years ago in fact i was living there when my son was born and it was 11th his 11th birthday over the weekend and it's grown so much since then last time i counted it, and i still live quite close by there are five starbucks within about a one or two kilometer radius uh, when when did we reach peak starbucks at motor city and what else are you going to develop
7: there okay so our developments in, in motor city uh, can be categorized into two categories one is revamping the infrastructure of motor city um there's no doubt it has one of the best infrastructures with regards to master communities in dubai it's easy to get in and get out it has a main boulevard that's been that's become a retail hub for all the neighboring communities and we are doubling down on that and revamping the infrastructure. So uh, we have a plan to introduce cycle tracks, jogging tracks, uh, open parks, um, and more shading in the in the public or pedestrian uh, walkways throughout. However, this is currently uh, going through the necessary approvals, be it with the RIRA or the other authorities that need to approve that. So we have a plan to revamp the entire infrastructure over the next five to seven years. If you want. At the same time, we have our own developments that we're planning to launch. We have an ambition to launch 5 billion uh, dirham worth of developments uh, um, in Motor City. We've already designated plots for that. We have those projects in different stages of design. Um, and so it's a matter of fixing the capital structure and then pro, uh, pro, uh, proceeding with developments and growing the business.
6: Right, finally, Amo, 30 seconds left. We've had a number of messages in this morning. This one's anonymous saying, I've been an owner in Motor City since 2015. Keen to know, with you selling off plots of land, are you, do you, what was the question? It was, uh, do you still retain the responsibility for the management of these developments in perpetuity? What's your message to people already in Motor City?
7: Well, we the, retain the development of the master company, uh, community to ensure uh, we can invest in it and bring it up to date uh, to, uh, for the best benefit of uh, everyone in Motor City and to deliver value um, to, to all uh, owners in Motor City. However, everything we sell, the development will be managed, obviously, by the developer. And it will be up to the developer, whether uh, to outsource that or retain it themselves.
6: Amma, great speaker to you. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much indeed. Busy time for you and the team at Union Properties. The thoughts there of engineer Amma Kansahab, the managing director of Union Properties.
0: Just the highlights. This is the bite-sized business breakfast.
2: Let's learn a little bit more about where we are this morning.
1: Yeah, Brandy, thanks for that. Yes, let's find out more about that human-centric city of the future. Uh, Obviously, uh, Expo City Dubai is our... home, or home from the Dome, as Brandy was saying a few moments uh, ago, uh, for the next week or so. So we get a better idea of what's going on here uh, at Expo City Dubai. A hub, if you like, not just for Dubai South, but for the 2040 Dubai Urban Master Plan. Tell us a little bit more about... What it's like to live, to work, and to play at Expo City Dubai. It's an absolute pleasure to be joined by the Chief Engagement and Commercial Officer, Manal Albayat. Manal, thanks so much indeed for your time.
4: Good morning, Tom. Well, and
1: thank you very much indeed for hosting us as This well. is always
4: your home, not just for a week. <laughs>
1: well, that's nice to know. That's very nice to know. And it does feel... There was a little... There was a little sense of that for all three of us coming back here yesterday. I mean, obviously we were here for COP28, albeit that sort of took on a bit of a different guise. But coming back for this week, there was that sort of sense of coming home. Is that something that you're looking to build through the community?
4: Absolutely. Expo City has an energy and vibe that is impalpable. You can't really describe it. Um, You talked about Expo City being a place where you work, live and play. Mm. Um, We have seen the community grow. Our business community right now is at about 30 companies with 20 more on the way. We've issued over 250 licenses and business operating permits. We are a free zone, um, and we have around 40 FNB and retail outlets. We're a 15-minute city, which means anything that you need is within a 15-minute walk or bicycle ride or scooter ride.
1: Let's talk about the the commercial partners, the commercial tenants, if you like. How important are they uh, to sort of, drive that 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 engagement to drive that thriving element of a city
4: absolutely we don't see ourselves as only landlords we are looking for business partners and a community that cares we're a city with purpose if you ask me what differentiates us we care about the planet and everyone on the planet That was the case with Expo 2020, that was the case with COP28, and that's absolutely the case with Expo City. It's a sustainable city, 123 LEED certified buildings. Um, From a wellness perspective, we have about 500,000 square feet of parks and green spaces. The vibe is enabling the business community not only to thrive economically and grow and prosper, but also for the employees and staff to enjoy a work-life balance by the green spaces that we have but also the events that are here at expo city
1: and in terms of the entities that you're attracting at the moment i mean obviously for the three foundations the three pillars you mentioned there um what is attracting those commercial partners at the moment obviously we can see the thriving ambience here at the moment we know that you're very digitally driven as well but it seems to be and correct me if i'm wrong here but a, a pretty different approach for a lot of other commercial partners that so people are moving here for a reason
4: we work together yeah. uh, all our business community we connect them to one another and we care about the planet, and that really is the essence of it. Last year, we announced that Expo City is partnered with Diwa to fully power Expo City through renewable energy. We also um, heard His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum last year announce that Expo City is the new global capital for planetary solutions. So, all companies that really care about the planet. We are a home that connects them to one another, whether they're companies or startups or uh, funds that are looking to support. It's all about coming together, discussing, but also driving action.
1: Let's talk about that people-centric element, if I can, because I think that's fascinating and it's, it is it is a game-changer and, and, and a different approach in so many ways. We talk about the three pillars as well, the live, work, and play. In terms of, uh, of how you make it more people-centric for people that call Expo City to buy home. How can they, how is it more people centric there than other d- communities?
4: The wellness standards that we have here. And if you look at our business hubs throughout the city, between every few buildings, you have a courtyard. That courtyard is full of green spaces, benches, water, fountains, and you hear the birds right now as <laughs> you're standing here, right? So you don't have to just confine yourself to your office space. The whole city is your office. So you just grab your laptop and live and Ultimately, we're encouraging wellness. Also, we've got running tracks, um, bicycles all around. So just enjoying nature and being responsible while you enjoy nature.
1: And working here. I mean, it's one thing calling Expo City to buy your home, to call it your workplace as well. Again, how did you advance that people-centric element when you call it your workplace, when you call it your office?
4: I think if you're stuck in traffic for hours... That's not people centric. (laughs) When you come to Expo City, we're about 15 minutes from Dubai Marina, against traffic. It's easy to come in, easy to go home, plenty of parking spaces. You don't have to worry coming in and you don't have to worry going home and you don't need to go far because we have our residential community that's coming up. So you can literally work, live and play here. And instead of going home to get your family, your family can come and meet you here and enjoy all the different festivities that we have at Expo City.
1: This might be an unfair question, but do you notice that amongst work residents here? Do you see them less stressed? Because we know that traffic brings stress to individuals. People are spending a lot more time on the roads. They're losing out as a result of that. Is there a lack
4: of stress? You can ask our tenants themselves. (laughs) However, one of the main feedback that we got from our business tenants is the fact that even though they have flexible working and you can work remotely, more and more employees are choosing to work out of the office since they moved to Expo City because they enjoy the vibe and atmosphere here
1: the play element for the other uh, pillar that we talk about here. And we've got, it's interesting, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting a lot more people now that are coming to Expo City for a variety of different reasons, be that dining, be that working, be that meeting, be that conferences or otherwise. Is that also part and parcel? So, so in order to build these two communities we've talked about, the living community, the working community, you need other elements to bring people together.
4: Absolutely, each one of us. We're employees, but we're also family members, and we like to have a great time. Mm-hmm. And Expo offers all of that to you in a in an atmosphere that just naturally makes you calm and happy. I see the smile on your face. <laughs> you, as I said, you hear the birds and it's beautiful weather. Why would you want to be anywhere else? Yeah. Um, in terms
1: of the the, the the moving forward with Expo City Dubai I mean innovation seems to be at the heart of that as well Absolutely. would that be sort of key in order to again not just the living spaces and the working spaces but the events that you bring to the city the the, the other uh, elements that you offer for 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 people to get entertainment uh, and uh, a little bit more lifestyle?
4: A hundred percent we care about sustainability we care about innovation we care about education and entertainment and more importantly the nexus between all of them so when we talk about entertainment how are we going to be more responsible and look at transforming the entertainment industry so it's all about the interconnection between all of these um, key areas and pillars for us what does 2024 look like for very ex- busy does it really <laughs> um, we are very excited to welcome our tenants here we've got about 33,000 employees that are already here and a lot more that are currently in the process of moving in we're excited to welcome more
1: And obviously you look at this from a very management point of view, from an Expo City Dubai point of view, but you're also responsible for a number of sitting business tenants and hotel tenants as well. Hotel happy, businesses happy?
4: They're very happy. We've got the hotel, as you mentioned, we have a daycare, we have a pharmacy that's setting up, laundry facility, convenience stores because for a 15-minute city to be truly 15 minutes, you need to be able to access everything that you need right at your doorstep.
1: I'll tell you one thing that I found fascinating uh, this morning was going to the hotel to grab a cup of coffee and just think how busy breakfast was. You know, a lot of people planning their days and obviously heading into Dubai, coming back from Dubai or exploring here as well. It was really invigorating to see, really.
4: Absolutely. DP World is moving their headquarters here. Uh, Emirates launched their IBDA center. It is a thriving business community, absolutely.
1: Listen, we're here on day two of the week. You might might have us here for a bit longer. Who knows? It's your home, Tom. (laughs) It's your home. (laughs) Manal, too kind of you. Thanks so much indeed for your time. Manal Al-Bayat is the Chief Engagement and Commercial Officer, Expo City Dubai. Thanks so much indeed. Thank you very
4: much.
0: You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.